Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm going to put us on pause while everyone logs in. Good morning. Thank you for joining us today. This is Leah Freeberg from Fluke Reliability, and this is a best practices webinar session. You probably know Fluke is a test tool provider, and you may also know that we produce some of the industry's favorite reliability tools, from infrared cameras to vibration meters. But you may not know that many of the measurements that our tools collect now flow automatically into EAM systems of record. It happens via a framework that we call Fluke Connect. Our goal at Fluke Reliability is to better connect asset management data and teams with asset management systems to drive connected knowledge. And of course, that knowledge depends greatly on best practices in condition-based maintenance. So that's why this series of webinars explores reliability maintenance strategies, and that's why we feature speakers from a variety of expert backgrounds. Before the presentation, we have a few housekeeping items to go over. Today's session is being recorded, so your phone lines are muted to minimize background noise. We will be answering questions both during the presentation and afterwards during Q&A. Take a minute now to find the questions tool in the GoToWebinar dashboard. Please feel welcome to submit questions as we go. I will share as many of your questions as time allows for our presenter to answer. If we have unanswered questions at the end, we'll follow up with written answers. If you'd like to receive the slides from today's presentation, please let us know during the survey that will appear at the end of today's session. So don't hang up until the survey appears and you've answered the questions. We're also happy to send you a certificate of attendance after today's webinar. You'll see a question on the survey about getting a certificate. Answer yes, and we'll send one to you. A recording of this webinar in full will be available on the Excelix.com website within a day or two. And that's it for housekeeping. So now for the main event. Today, we are very pleased to have with us Jonathan Goff, an alignment technology expert from GroupTechnic. And he'll be presenting on the most costly pitfalls in laser shaft alignment and half pointing. Jonathan, if you'll forward to the next slide, I want to introduce you a bit. So Jonathan is a Fluke Reliability Product Manager and the product owner for the ProofTechnic Touch Alignment Platform. Based in Ismaning, Germany, he has 25 years of experience with ProofTechnic, including roles as Head of Product Management, International Sales Manager, and General Manager for the Southeast Asia Territory. He has 30 years of experience in the condition monitoring sector and holds a Bachelor of Engineering degree in Mechanical Engineering from Bradford University in the United Kingdom. So welcome, Jonathan, and thank you for being with us today. Yeah, hi. Morning to you all. It's great to be back. I understand, Jonathan, that you'll be showing us more of your famous video demonstrations of alignment today. Yeah, we've 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 sorted out some new infamous uh, interactive alignment situation videos that hopefully um, highlight, as you mentioned, the uh, the common and costly alignment pitfalls. So right. Okay. Well, I can't wait to get started. I'm very excited to see what you've got this time. So I'll turn it over to you now. Okay, great. Oh, so, morning everybody once more. So, um, if you don't know ProofTechnic, um, maybe just to give you a short introduction, ProofTechnic was formed in 1972, a family-owned company, and it grew into an organization of uh, 20 worldwide subsidiaries. Uh, and last year, in, in July 2019, ProofTechnic was acquired by the Fluke Corporation, and as hopefully we know, Fluke is um, a company of the Fortune Group. And ProofTechnic um, is now part of the Fluke Reliability Solutions business unit. Therefore, uh, we're a leading technology manufacturer in the field of, of condition-based maintenance equipment and plant reliability. And our main focus at ProofTechnic and the, the products and the solutions we offer is for, for laser uh, alignment 
applications for vibration condition monitoring and then we use eddy current for the non-destructive testing um, area of our uh, focus. So that's what we're doing here at, at Proofdenic. Um, um, but we're not only researching, developing, manufacturing and selling these solutions. We also offer in the industry and in the field worldwide machinery services. As you can see, we have a wide range of, of industries and applications. For example, turbine alignment, we do, we do uh, roll alignment services. And the main point I want to mention here is that, that from all this diagnostic and, and measurement services we perform out in the field, we get a lot of feedback and information from, from the applications and the industries um, about the, the, the machines, the applications, and even, let's call it, pain points. And this feedback is invaluable that helps us uh, further develop our products over the years with, with innovation to allow us to have the, um, the, the, the products that obviously suit the, the customer's needs in, on their application. So that's why it connects with um, the product offerings is the services we do as an organization. Um, we want to talk about alignment and, and it connects nicely with vibration um, does, does alignment because if you've read a lot of surveys and, and, and people who've measured out in the field, they'll tell you that uh, over 50% of machine breakdown and failures can be directly attributed to misalignment on the machinery. And the misalignment obviously can create loads, stress, uh, excessive vibration obviously as a consequence of the load. There can be heat and energy uh, related to the, the vibration. And then as we can see, as well as the vibration, we can load the bearings. Ultimately, we would wear and damage the bearings um, if we have misalignment. The same can happen, obviously, on a pump application where we have um, seals and, and definitely mechanical seals have to be quite well aligned and precisely rotating to, to perform as a mechanical seal. Otherwise, it can leak and damage. And, and obviously, ultimately, and the most logical when we talk about alignment and, and misalignment is the wear and, and the load and ultimately the, the, the damage on the coupling itself or, or the shafts that are connected by the uh, couple driven machine. So this is this is the area that we're looking at is um, alignment and the consequences of, of poor alignment or misalignment. Um, as mentioned in the last webinar, but just to summarize where, where obviously proof technique has come from and, and where the industry of alignment also has, has, has moved from. Initially, historically, uh, we would say historically, but still today, some people are using uh, rough and, uh, ruler and feeler gauges on some machines and coupling applications in certain situations. There's the ruler and feeler gauge, which would give something in the order of a, hundred, a tenth of a millimeter or five micron um, resolution. This is resolution, not, not accuracy, resolution. A dial gauge has a resolution of a hundredth of a millimeter um, on the dial gauge itself, but there are many mechanical and top issues that you have to take care of with, with mechanical dial gauges out in the field as, as a user. And then finally, the laser alignment systems, which generally have a micron resolution, um, which is obviously um, uh, 0.05, half a 0.05 thou. Um, so as you can see from the th three systems or the three methods, um, each has a factor of 10 in terms of the um, the resolution that the, the system um, delivers. So if you're going to do an alignment with a ruler and feeler gauge, you're going to have to be a wizard to get anywhere near the, the alignment tolerances and what we would call precision alignment rather than rough alignment um, out in the field. If you're using dial gauges, and you're experienced and trained and, and you know what you're doing and, and you have experiences then and there are people in the field who, who, who are able to do um, alignment with a dial gauge but it takes a lot more knowledge and experience than what we would say these days with a laser laser product um, uh, is able to offer and, 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 and deliver for a user in the field not only the precision um, but also the accuracy of the measurement they perform out on, on the machinery itself so so this is the, the methods, um, and if you're using and you're 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 uh, using a laser um, product, what what depending on the laser product that you're using, the benefits that, that are promised by laser alignment um, um, devices is, as you can see from this example, that if you on year after year one and year two, three, and four, if you start using a laser alignment product. 
Then you can see the benefits, for example, on, on the typical um, pump overhauls and repairs. In this study that was done, there was a 30% drop in the, um, uh, the pump overhauls. And of those percentage, a high percentage of, of the pump overhaul was because um, that there had to be re replacement of the mechanical seal that had, had failed and leaked. So that, that shows you the major savings on, on the pump. Um, if it's a pump-driven machine, and also um, every rotating machinery has bearings, and if you have the more precise you, the alignment you you have of, of the machine, the less load you will have on the bearing, and obviously if you have less load on the bearings, as long as the bearing is correctly lubricated, um, you'll you'll get a, a dramatic increase in the bearing life itself of of the rotating machinery. Um, based on, as you can see, on, on this, the, 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 the amount of misalignment directly relates to the bearing life. And finally, also, um, the whole application I mentioned before about heat. Um, heat, obviously, is energy, and heat, heat dissipated heat is energy loss. So the better you have the alignment, the, the less heat you will uh, have on the rotating machinery, and, and therefore, the less energy you'll, you'll, you'll consume. This, this is uh, easy to for us to um, directly relate the, the alignment to the energy it takes to drive the machinery. So this is the promised benefits of laser alignment. Um, so what we'd like to ask is, is a question to start off. Um, if, Leah, you, you're going to trigger a poll, I believe. Absolutely, my pleasure. All right, audience, this is your turn to get involved. I'm going to launch a poll that we'd like you to select one answer from. If you cannot select the radio buttons, then you need to minimize your screen size back down. You may have maximized it to see what Jonathan's presenting. What percentage of your coupling-driven rotating machinery is currently aligned with laser alignment tools? So select one. Is it less than 10% of your machinery that you're using laser alignment on? up to 25%, up to 75%, or more than 75%. If you're not using laser alignment tools, then go ahead and select less than 10%, and that'll all work out. So again, we're trying to get a measure of what your current practices are in the audience so that Jonathan can, um, can speak to this appropriately. So I've got uh, about 67% of the audience has voted. I'm going to give you another 10 or 15 seconds or so. Um, I know it's a long question to read, so give it a read and select an option. And I'm hoping for about 75% of you to give us uh, your thoughts here, and then I'm gonna share the answers with you. All right, it looks like we're there. So I'm gonna close and share the results now. All right, so we've got 37% of folks saying less than 10% are doing laser, 20% are doing a quarter, 25%, 16% are doing 75%, and 27% are doing more than 75%. That's fantastic. That's great, yeah, it shows, what, what's that? That's 50% or more is what What proportion? Yeah. So that's about 50, was it, you mentioned? Anyway, so that's, yeah, it's about 50-50, yeah? less than right. 50, or above 50 or less than 50, so that's great, yeah. Okay. Good. I'm going to hide okay. these results and turn it back over to you now. Okay, am I back on? It's all you. Great, okay. So as we can, as we'd like to mention here about the pitfalls, um, even with the laser alignment systems, um, things can still go wrong. Is maybe a dynamic, a dramatic statement to make, but but what we're saying is not not every and not all alignment systems um, um, necessarily able to 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 um, to to to, um, to not have the pitfalls that we're going to talk about the the, the costly and common issues uh, when you're aligning machines. So if 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 you're having a basic alignment system, what you may find is is that the 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 process you can compromise. Um, the ability to align the machine uh, in a timely manner, depending what you incur when you uh, go to the machine and start aligning. So, so this is what we want to to focus on. With, in fact, four four alignment applications um, with four potential pitfalls that we want to um, 
we want to show you and then we want to explain hopefully how you can avoid uh, out there in the field uh, how you avoid the pitfall uh, that we're going to uh, trying to show you with these interactive videos so so let's just go into the first example and the first example we're, we're talking about is when when we class something as having initial misalignment um, so what we're saying is either you have a short distance between the couplings with the initial misalignment or especially um, um, if the distance between the shafts is increased because you, you have a bigger separation um, between the, 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 the couplings, maybe potentially you have a spacer coupling. Um, um, what you'll find is that with initial misalignment, um, because of the line over length situation um, of the laser, you'll find that as you, you initially start measuring and rotating the shaft application with misalignment, the line over length of the laser uh, causes the laser to come out of the, of the detector. So unfortunately, in that situation, you're not able to, to measure uh, the alignment position of the, the machine initially um, because the laser is no longer hitting on the detector surfaces. This is, this is a big problem uh, initially when you're wanting to use a laser system if you have the line over length um, um, due, due to the angular misalignment initially on the machine. So, so this is a, a problem. Um, it's a major pitfall out in the field. Um, just to just to show what what proof can do a little bit different. Um, we have um, we always have the same distance between the detectors. So even on a on a on a on a short distance, um, we have the same angular resolution and and distances between the two detectors. So if, as can also happen on a, on a misaligned machine, we have an initial um, misalignment, then we have a special uh, procedure we call freeze frame, and I'll show you this in a minute, to overcome the pitfall um, of, of the laser starting to come outside the detector range. So, so this is the, the, the summary of what we're going to, um, to go through uh, with this first pitfall example. So we're looking here, on a standard motor pump application, this is one that, that Proofdenic has in our facility, uh, in fact, here in his Manning. Um, it's a 30 kilowatt motor. It's a standard machine, standard application. There's nothing weird and wonderful about this uh, machine itself. Um, we've got a coupling alignment situation. Uh, we've got anti-friction rolling element bearings on this machine. Um, so the scenario is that you're either installing the motor it's maybe a new uh, installation of the motor pump. You're either overhauling the, the motor or the pump. You maybe have to replace the impeller or, or the, the motor was having to be rewound. Uh, or as I mentioned earlier on the first part of the video, not in this example on the screen, but if you had a longer separation between the, uh, the, 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 the coupling shafts, uh, for example, um, you have a spacer coupling application, you'll have this line over length, uh, or you've got presets. Maybe you've got some initial um, preset that you have to build into the, the alignment so you're not aligning to zero zero then you, you won't only have initial misalignment you'll have misalignment cold because you, you have a preset on the machine so these are the typical examples where you'll have the, the initial angle and, and, and parallel um, misalignment on the machine when you start trying to measure the machine so this is what we're, we're doing we're focusing on the coupling and the motor in this example um, so if I just go to, to just about start the video, what we've got is we've got uh, a view of the motor pump, but we've also embedded into the video to allow you to see when I start the video running. We have a screen of, of the touch device ready to um, to show you what is the is the system showing and, and, and offering the user as he performs the, the the alignment and the measurement. So you've got this interaction between the two. Um, you can see. The application and the laser and sensor and you'll see the screen changing on the device as the measurements performed so basically what what we want to show in the first example is if if the laser is moving off the detector plane how can you measure the initial position of the machine this is the question this is the pitfall yeah? and the answer to that question um, the basic answer for a basic alignment system is that they use the, 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 the cap of, of the laser and the sensor units and what they do is they call it a rough alignment or a pre-alignment um, and what they do is they put the cap on the, 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 the laser sensor heads 
And what they do is they start the laser, in this example, at nine o'clock, and they rotate the, uh, the heads through nine o'clock over 12 o'clock to three o'clock. And as you can see, the laser moved its position on the cap. So what the user is supposed to do, and this takes a lot of knowledge and experience in its trial and error, the user is looking not at one laser and one uh, sensor and one cap, they have to look at two lasers and two sensors with two caps, and they have to try manually to, to guess and work out with this pre-alignment, or we call it rough alignment, how much movement and correction does the user have to do before he can start using the, the detector without the cap to measure the alignment position of the machine? So, so they're, they're roughing, they're, you could call it they're bucking the machine, you know, they're, they're rough aligning the machine. They, they measure from nine o'clock to three o'clock just to see how much movement there's been with the laser on the cap. Then they're supposed to do it as well vertically. So you can come back to the vertical and then um, hopefully you go from 12 o'clock down to six o'clock. The problem is when I say hopeful is that a lot of times you can't get the six o'clock position um, because the base plate doesn't allow the, the bracket with the sensor to always get below the, uh, the motor pump. And then they're supposed to, to work out how much is up and down, how much is left and right, how much is parallel, how much is angle. Um, horizontally is not such the problem because you can slide and move the motor um, laterally, but vertically it's not so easy to pre-align because you, you, you're, you're, you're adding and removing shims at the, at the front foot, at the back foot, um, just to try to get the laser to stay within the detector surface to, to be able to start measuring and calculating the initial position of the machine. So this is the pitfall, this is the, the, the issue which is called pre-alignment or rough alignment, and this is what we're just showing is, is the principle um, that the, um, the laser is on the cap and you, the user is just looking for the movement and the change of the laser on the cap surface. This is the, uh, the issue. So what does Proof-Tenic do? Well, Proof-Tenic doesn't need you to use the cap, doesn't need you to look at a laser and a pointer. We, we remove the cap, basically, as you can see in the video. And then what we do is we start taking the measurements. And we, after we take an initial point, we start rotating the shaft. And we can see here on the detector surface on, on the device, the laser's starting to move to the right. So basically what we can do is we can stop the measurement, we call it freeze frame. We can then reposition the single laser into the single sensor. We've frozen the measurement. We're not, not impacting the, uh, the accuracy or the precision of the measurement because we've frozen the measurement at this point. Then after we've repositioned the laser back in with the measurement surface, we can take the second point and then we can continue with the measurement. And as you'll see in this measurement mode, we can take one point, we adjust the laser before the second point. Then we take the third point, we get the minimum values. The values are already on the screen. We've got the amber um, on, on the um, coupling ro um, rotation arc. But we can take more points. Uh, as it's important. The, the, big, the more points you take over the bigger angle, the better is your statistical data and results. So as you can see here, we're going to take the maximum five points in this measurement mode. It's over 180 degrees approximately. And it shows us here, if I just stop the video here, this is the repeatability and therefore the precision on the little mini table you can see on the bottom uh, right area of the screen. This shows us how repeatable and, and how precise was that measurement even though we use freeze frame um, to perform the measurement. So, so this is important. We're not resulting to, to looking at lasers and, and caps and just guessing left, right, up, right, forward, front. We're measuring at the coupling. But as well as measuring at the coupling for the initial alignment position, we're also able to calculate what's happening at the feet. And this is the most important information for the user after he's said he has to realign the machine. How much shimming in which motor position does he have to move which amounts? So this is the initial alignment state. We haven't moved the motor yet. We're only measuring the initial state. And then after you've determined the initial state, very often companies want you to record an as-found condition of the machine before you're moving the machine to get it hopefully into better alignment and lowering the vibrations. So very often, if you come back in the office, the, the condition monitoring engineer will say, 
well, what was the initial condition of the machine? How was it before you started realigning the machine? And this allows us to measure the initial state, document the initial state, state save the initial state, and then obviously share the information, um, not only to the user who has to perform the realignment, but the, um, the engineer who wants to document uh, why the machine potentially was vibrating. So this is what we call freeze frame, and I call it standard. Why do I call it standard? Is because we don't only avoid the pitfall with, with this uh, procedure I just showed you. If we have um, um, the, the, the sensor line five in this second example here, the part uh, B, um, we can have more interaction and, and we can have more guidance for the user um, as he's performing the, the, the measurement task. So if I just run the video, you'll see in this example that initially the laser is not positioned into the center of the detector surface so that the system shows him whoop, better adjust the laser wheel before you um, in which direction how much so that's a little bit of user guidance so that you start in the middle of the range before you you proceed with the measurement itself and then in this we call it sweep measurement after the user has started um, rotating and is measuring it will get the information when the laser is starting to move close to the edge of the, the, the single detector range. So it's a, oh, it gets a pop-up on the screen. It informs the user you're getting close. You can still measure, you can still carry on, but if you want to, and this is what was accepted, he can adjust the laser back down, as you see in the detector surface. He can reposition wherever he wants on the detector surface. Then he comes out of freeze frame and he carries on the measurement. This is the important point. He carries on the measurement until he gets again another another good rotational angle, another good set of data, just to freeze frame once more. You can see here where the three measurements that were just performed on this example were all within a hundredth of a millimeter using the, the extend freeze frame uh, technology that uh, avoids the pitfall of having to resort to a, to a laser with a cap. So just let's run to the end of the video. That should be the end. Oh, we just normally show the result because we want to prove that it's not just the coupling information we display for the user. You can see in this example that horizontally there's not a lot of misalignment, but vertically, as you can see initially, at the back end of the motor and, and half the value at the front end of the motor, there's an angular misalignment that should be initially uh, adjusted and corrected. Good. So that was example one. Jonathan, can I break in for a moment? Yeah, sure, please. I really appreciate seeing the software view in parallel to the equipment alignment, um, but there's some questions coming in. On this first pitfall, are we understanding correctly that with a double laser system, if you have initial misalignment over length, then you have to use the laser only as a pointer? You don't get any guidance from it? Yeah, that's that's the pitfall. That That's unfortunately the, the reality. Okay. Um, you, you, you can't use a sensor because the laser goes off the sensor range. You have to visually, as a user yourself, um, manage and move and adjust without any information at the feet and, and, and the coupling values. It's trial and error, and, and that's why it's a pitfall, because it takes a lot of time, and, and it's trial and error. Um, it's obviously okay. costly. For, yeah. All right. Well, I want to let you get on with them, because I know you've got three more, and I don't want to run out of time. So let's have the next one. Well, yeah, great. So that was B. Now we're on example two. What is example two? Well, example two is titled coupling play, or alternatively, people call it backlash. And what coupling play is 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 when there's torsional flexibility um, between the, the 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 shafts, the, and effectively the coupling is 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 torsionally flexible um, to ensure that you don't initially, when you turn on the motor. Um, especially on a gearbox application, you, you don't initial, initial, uh, directly crunch and, and, and load the gear, uh, the gear, gears in the gear wheel of, of a gear coupling, for example. But, the, but a lot of couplings have either torsional flexibility or they're just flexible couplings and they are allowing flex between the two shafts. And what we want to show you is, is the impact uh, when you're having coupling play, what's the impact uh, and what, what's the costly pitfall um, for the user who has to perform the alignment in, in this application situation? So we're going to zoom in and we're talking about the coupling in this example. Um, just to show, just to show what is the, 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 the phenomena 
uh, we're going to, because it, it helps to show, we are initially going to have the laser on the cap just to be able to show you, hopefully if, you, if, if you've got a wide enough board, broadband and you're able to see the video, we're going to start the video and what Hans is going to do is just going to show by, by rotating the coupling with the cap on just for the principle, you can see if you've got good streaming that the laser, especially when you start to rotate, the laser is, is sometimes moving in the, we call it in the x-axis, in the horizontal if it's vertical. So he's getting relative movement between the two shafts uh, because of the float, the, the, the play on, 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 on the coupling application. So this is just to show you how it looks if you visually um, want to see this relative movement. But as well as seeing it with the laser pointer, it's easier to show it technically with the detector. So here you can see it's the same movement that Hans is performing. He's getting very quick changes in the X, which unfortunately changes the Y value. And this is the pitfall. If you get a change in the, the, the relative position of the two shafts in the two heads, um, you get a change in the Y value. And this is the no-no. Uh, th this is what creates the pitfall. And, and what we're going to show you is, is if Hans doesn't concentrate and if Hans doesn't measure, it's, it's a measurement what we call multipoint, if Hans is not concentrating on the two angles that you see on the two heads there, uh, you'll see that the laser move. The laser is moving sometimes from left to right. You'll see it in a minute. It, it, oh, it went to the right. And that was a change of angle. That was the coupling backlash. And what happens is as you measure and you keep rotating, Hans is not looking at the relative angles of the two heads. He's not concentrating on the relative two angles of the two heads, which is critical. Sometimes he's getting changes between the, the, the two heads. And those changes of the two hedge, head, heads impact the values and the calculated results that are um, ultimately um, um, uh, de defined. So, so that's the issue. That's the, um, the pitfall that if you have relative movement between the two heads, you'll have a lowering in precision in, in the calculated results. So how to avoid the pitfall? This is what Proof Technique is offering. We have um, uh, a measurement mode. It's called sweep again. It's with the sensor line seven heads. And basically what happens in this example, you'll see as it starts, I may have to freeze the video just to show you as it's going. So basically what happens is he starts the measurement and when he gets over 12 o'clock, what you'll see is the system, the system has detected coupling play. The system, in fact, has therefore removed this data from, from the data set that's used for the calculation of, of the measurement result. Uh, so what you can see is, and he carries on a bit further, there's a sector in the, um, in the rotational arc, the coupling rotational arc at the top, as you can see, is missing. It's missing because it's been removed based on the algorithm that we're tracking and filtering in real time uh, as we're doing the measurement. And therefore, when the measurement stopped, you'll see that the system will inform the user, here we go, that there's been coupling play um, detected. But this is very important that the measurement information has already been removed out from the uh, qualified uh, data that's remaining. So even though it's saying it's unreliable, it would be unreliable if the system didn't remove the erroneous data from the accepted data. But the, the data that's qualified is accepted and therefore the measurement can continue. And what we're going to show now is an extreme example where what Hans is going to do is he's not going to just have the, 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 the phenomena of the, the coupling backlash. He's going to now try to, 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 to create um, the maximum um, risk for the user when he's stopping and starting. He's going quicker. The, the, you saw the machine is actually moving slightly that Hans is, is trying to... to to stress the coupling is trying to overload the um, the alignment measurement by giving a lot of erroneous data. You saw on, on the left side, rough rotation, coupling play, vibration. Oh, here it is. This was the result. So those are all the phenomena that the system tracked, the system monitored, and it removed from the, the qualified data. Um, and this is what you can see here if we just run to the to the video, as we can see now. So as you can see. The first measurement is the one we did without tracking the relative positions of the heads. And the second and the third in the list of, of this table here, you can see on the side, we're within a hundredth of a millimeter. So we're in a hundredth of a millimeter 
when we turn on the algorithm and remove the coupling play and the backlash and any other um, um, phenomena that the system detected. But the first one, as you can see, it had a difference of a hundredth of a four hundredth of a millimeter because Hans didn't take care of the relative positions of the two heads uh, as he as he performed a basic measurement. Yeah, so that's that was the video. Thank you. May I ask another question here? Yeah, yeah, fire away. Okay. Is it true what we've just seen that with the analytics you don't have to have the two heads in the same position to get a precise measurement? Yeah, that's that's the that's the benefit or or it, it, yeah the, the analytics avoid the pitfall because the user doesn't have to understand and doesn't have to concentrate and doesn't have to track the, the two heads as they're rotating and, and nice. rotating versus each other. Yeah, that's okay. That's so that's the solution. All right, great. Carry yeah. on. So let's go to the third, and the third is a very interesting situation um, where people ask us sometimes. Um, can we start the alignment when the machine is, is, should we start the alignment when the machine is coupled or uncoupled? This is the question that we get asked uh, out in the field. So um, if you have an initial misaligned machine and you try to bolt the coupling together, uh, then you'll have some residual forces and you'll have some friction. And, and in fact, the coupling is quite difficult to, to, to rotate um, because you can feel the, 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 the restriction. And this restriction and these forces that between the two shafts that the coupling is 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 fighting um, um, means that if you measure with a with a, a coupling um, mounted uh, shaft application, uh, what will then happen is you're, you're measuring a bent shaft effectively, uh, and if you measure not the true unloaded position of the machine, then when you when after you measure and you move to those values, you won't correct the alignment um, in one measure and one move. This is the consequence. So. So it's very important that if you're installing a machine or if you're having a, a, a coupling that that that, that um, you can feel has, has restriction and some forces, then we would normally advocate uh, the best situation, um, even with tire couplings, uh, even with a flexible coupling called a tire coupling, if you've got parallel or angular misalignment, definitely the parallel misalignment, we call it offset, we'd advise you very often to remove the tire coupling align them the, the, the coupling uncoupled and then reconnect the uh, the tire coupling um, and then you, you you reduce the risk that any residual forces are, are, are not putting the shafts in their neutral state so this is the, the the topic this is the application that we're discussing around the coupling so in this situation we've we've pulled back the um the, the motor so the coupling is free and basically what i want to show in the beginning is this is the worst scenario this is the worst pitfall um, for the double head systems because basically just to simulate in this example uh, initially to show you that, that basically hands can put the laser and the sensor units in any position in that in that uh, arc as, as long as the laser's firing into the sensor somewhere just like the previous um, backlash situation um, it's up to the user to manually determine and the user to define where, where the heads are and where's the two relative angles of the two heads. So it's the maximum risk um, that the, 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 the angles of the heads aren't in the same position, that the Y value is changing because of, 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 of the arc and there's an angle between the two heads. This is all up to the user manually and, and it's a huge pitfall that potentially, uncoupled especially, that the user falls into. So. So just to show you what's the um, how to how how we avoid the pitfall, um, what we have is a specific measurement um, mode that we use, and it's called in in, in tele uh, point. And we use this measurement mode very often if we've got sleeve bearing uh, white metal, or or you may call them bibby um, uh, bearing applications, where you want to move the shaft, and it may not be very easy to move one of the two shafts. That's another reason uh, if you've got friction on, on one of the machines, you move one side of the, the machine, and then carefully and slowly, you move, in this case, the single laser into the single sensor, and you see with the, the needle, you see the needle? The needle has to come within one degree. The measurement can't be performed unless the needle is within the one degree between the two heads. And then it automatically checks the stability. It takes the measurement uh, based on, on, on only if the, the values are stable um, before it starts uh, accepting the measurement. So as you can see, Hans here, he's just rotating one. 
it then only has to look at the, the, the dial. As long as the dial comes within the acceptable range, then it checks the stability, and then it takes the point. So the user doesn't have to look at the, 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 the inclinometers. The user doesn't have to manually decide when he takes his point. Uh, the system controls when the system allows you to take the point, which is only within a degree. And you just slowly and carefully, without worrying about the relative angles between the two heads, um, you just move one and then you move the other, especially as I mentioned on sleeve bearing applications where you've got a lubrication film. Um, you want to be careful um, that, that the measurement's only taken when the application is, is not rotating in this example. So we're only measuring when everything is stable um, and is qualified. So as you can see, we're taking nice pi readings. The, 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 the rotational arc is going up. We've got uh, five points if we carry on. We've got the amber if we take another point. Um, what's the quality of the measurement that Hans is nicely performing slowly and carefully? Let's just see. Just six point. Ah, it's interesting. So we've got six points. Hans is a good uh, alignment uh, engineer. He, he normally would like to take seven points over 180 degrees. That's a, a nice rule of thumb to get a nice uh, arc of the, the measurement data. The more points, the bigger the angle, the better. So he takes the six point. He's within the the, ro the rotational arc. He's gone green. And he's got the measurement. So that's what we would use to qualify for the two heads that they're in the same uh, relative angles to take the point. But proof technique, what, what we what we created um, is another measurement mode for, for anti-friction um, rolling element bearings, ball or, or roller bearings. We have another very important measurement mode we use. It's called pass mode. And, and this ensures that, that uncoupled with the two shafts completely free and in their neutral natural state, we get and we can measure without stopping and starting the positions of the, of the two shafts. So we just rotate the laser through the sensor or the sensor through the laser. And as we do it, we're taking measurements automatically. You see the numbers are going up. 20 points have been taken. Now another 24. We'll just speed up this video a little bit. Let's get towards the end. So he's getting to the 180 degree. He'll stop the measurement. And then we can see here, just to show you, between those two measurements, the, the IntelliPoint and the pass mode, we again, we we're within a hundredth of a millimeter, those two different measurements. And the reason is that they're in the neutral state, the shafts. We haven't had the pitfall of worrying about the, the relative angles of the two heads. That was. The third video, uh, Leah. So, Jonathan, I apologize if this is a, um, kind of going back to the start, but why did you disconnect the coupling? Yeah, because we want to remove all the residual forces between them to, to the two shafts to ensure that we're measuring its neutral state and not a loaded, um, I call it a banana shaft. Because if you do that, you measure, you get values, you move to the values, but you don't get within tolerance because you're only, you're only, um, slowly removing the misalignment rather than splitting the coupling, getting the true state and then doing one measure and one move. This is okay. the, this avoids the pitfall uh, for, for, for the uh, for the guys. Okay. So that three I, I answer the question, uh, Lee? Yes. Okay, so we go to the last one and this is also very interesting because it also relates to this uh, line over length discussion that I mentioned with the initial misalignment where you can't use the, the laser into the detector surface. So so this is a similar example, but it's, it's different in that we're talking about moving the machine, not measuring the, the, the machine, but moving the machine. So, so just to run this animated video, if we move a machine with a laser on very quickly with line over length, we can come off the detector range. And if you want to move the other head, the left head, you still have the line over length. So it's the same with the proof standing system. If you move the machine with the laser on, you'll get the line over length. But, and this is the big but to avoid the pitfall, if you move the machine with the sensor and you don't move the laser, you will not have the line over length problem situation when you're adjusting the machine in live move. And this is, this is a big pitfall that people start adjusting the machine based on the measurement and the misalignment that they've calculated and they're not able to move the machine. And it will just show you on the, on the video example. Again, we want to show you, 
with, with the laser, the, the, the situation. So just to show you, if the machine is with the laser on the movable and, and Hans is hiding behind the right side of the motor here, he's going to move the laser, the, the, the motor laterally from left to right. And you can see there's quite a lot of travel of the laser across the cap of, of the sensor, just to show you visually how much movement there is because of the line over length. Yeah? So, so every time he moves the motor with the laser, he's changing quite dramatically the position of the sensor because the laser over the length is, 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 is um, increasing with distance. Um, unfortunately, what that has as a consequence, if the laser moves more, 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 if the laser moves based on the distance, what it means, unfortunately, in the end, is you have less sensor um, uh, range to, to, to track the measure, the movement you're interested in. So as you can see, he's going from one side to the other side, and he's getting what we call end laser. He's getting a lot of movement on that detector surface just because of the line over lens. So if we take the cap off and show again, you can see the raw detector surfaces. He's going from one side, and he's got the full range. He's going outside the range of the sensor not because of the sensors the issue, but because it's the line over length of the laser. This is the um, the problem that he's um, encountering um, in this example. So if he goes to, to a live move, what you can see is that when he moves the motor live, he gets off the end of the range and the measurement can't continue in the live move. He, he's, he's got to the limits of the range of the detector uh, due to the line over length of the laser. So, so this is the, the pitfall, this is the issue. Um, is if the laser's on the movable machine and you, you have angle over length, uh, you're going to come off the range during the live move. And if Hans repositions now the laser and the sensor, so that he's now going to put with the single laser and single sensor that Prutenik offer, he's going to put the laser on the stationary machine this time, and he's going to put the sensor on the movable machine. So it, it's the same setup, it's the same movement that Hans is going to perform. Um, by, by adjusting the laser within, by moving the motor within the range of its bolts, you'll see how much laser movement there is if you move the sensor versus uh, the laser staying on, on the fixed machine, on the stationary, and, in, 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 it, and therefore isn't influenced with the line over lens. So we'll just start the video. So this is the reverse example. Now we're moving the motor with the sensor on, and you'll see there's a lot less movement and travel along the detector surface. Why? Because we don't have the, the line over length anymore. So we can ensure that we have the maximum detector movement irrespective of, of, of where the laser is and, and how, how far is the, 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 the line over length of the laser problem effectively. So, so as you can see, this is the, the, the hands moving the motor. If we take the cap off, you can see also in the XY, He's moving from left to right, and he stays well within the detector range, this example. It's the same movement of the same motor, but he has the full detector range because he's not worried now about the, the line over length of the laser. This is, the, um, this is the, the situation. So when he goes to live move now, when he moves the motor and twists it from left to right with the full range within the bolts, he's never going to come off the, um, the, the detector area, and he can always measure and move. The, the, the full adjustment from misaligned to aligned in, in, in one go. It's never going to have to stop the measurement, the, the move, do a new measurement and do a do a second move after remeasuring. This is the um, this is how we, we avoid the pitfall. Yeah. That is a tricky one. Um can you can can you confirm for me so which machine do we put the laser on to avoid the pitfall? So it's always the laser Single laser always should go on the station machine, and therefore we'll maximize the range of the detector, and we won't minimize due to the laser line overlay. This is Got the proof value, yeah. Okay. Good. So just to summarize, to help us, what we've seen in the last uh, 30 minutes or more, we have, if you remember, example one. And what was example one? Example one was the initial misalignment. And what we're talking about here is we're saying that due to the initial misalignment, we have the line over length situation. And that, unfortunately, they have to use rough alignment, pre-alignment. They have to use the laser on a cap. 
they're not measuring the, the, the initial position, therefore it takes a long time. It's, in, it's inaccurate, takes time, there's no reported documentation or protocol uh, in the initial state on the machine. This is what we summarized. Uh, coupling backlash, as you saw, it's dependent on the relative positions of the heads, um, and therefore if you're not aware of coupling backlash and it's happening, you will, you will it'll be to the detriment of, of the, 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 the precision and the accuracy, and what will be the consequence is you'll have to do re-measurements re and, and removes, and therefore it takes longer because the coupling play gives false uh, measurement data. Uncoupled alignment is an extreme version of, of coupling play. It has the extreme risk that the heads are in a totally different angular position and giving false measurement data that calculates and it's the same consequence of, of remeasure and remove, which takes longer to align the, the, the machine. And finally, as we just showed recently, hopefully you remembered, with the, 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 the move itself, um, uh, we have to, yeah, unfortunately the double laser systems have two lasers that they can't uh, avoid the pitfall, but with a, dub, with a single laser system, uh, as long as you put the laser, as we mentioned, on the station machine, you'll have the full range of, of the detector surface on the movable machine. This is the um, the, 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 the pitfall that, that the proof sending systems can avoid. So just to summarize, uh, after the pitfall and how proof sending avoids the pitfalls, um, based on our um, active situational intelligence, as we showed you, we have this frame frame measurement technology um, to ensure we always get the, the measurement in the initial state. We have the live um, quality enhancement where we filter out erroneous and, and um, negative uh, measurement data during the the rotation itself uncoupled we can have a special uh, we have special measurement modes to ensure that you get the, the heads in the same relative angles and finally as we saw in live move it's due to the single laser sensor um, that we're able to offer this um, full range of, of adjustment in, in the move uh, without um, having the the potential pitfall the value and the benefits obviously to the user is is high precision high accuracy um, due to the combination of the single laser sensor technology and the algorithms um, that ensure that we're fast, we're, we're getting accurate data, and, and as we saw a little bit from the guidance and, and the workflow, we're, we're saying that everyone, um, irrespective of, of knowledge and experience, is able to, to use the, the alignment systems equally. Yeah. So that was uh, the main section, uh, Leah. That was a great summary, thank you. There's a lot that you just captured and uh so now audience um with those pitfalls in mind we're going to ask you another poll question here um and you don't have to be terribly specific about it but thinking about those scenarios that jonathan just described how often have you experienced any of those common pitfalls and just select one is it very often somewhat frequently occasionally or never and you can lump them all together right you don't have to to have had all four so you know even if there's just one that that's gotten you go ahead and, and uh, give us your your experience with this and uh, again I'm gonna hope for about three-quarters of us to have answered um, but uh, in the meantime I want to encourage folks also to submit your questions because even if we don't get to all of them during the presentation Jonathan will follow up with you afterward. So this is the time to get your question in as well while he's got a few more slides left to go. So answer the poll and then uh, type your questions in to, using the GoToWebinar questions tool. All right, I'm going to close the poll now and share the results with everyone. So 14% say that they encourage, they, they encounter these four, uh, pitfalls very often. 31% are somewhat frequently 50% are occasionally, and 5% have never experienced these. Jonathan? Yeah. yeah, it's obviously people on the call who are, who are doing alignment, yeah? Yeah, yeah, right? This is reality, yeah. This is, okay, uh, I'm going to hide yeah. this so that you can keep carrying on, all right? Let's just to bring it to conclusion, um, just to summarize, we talked a little bit about how to avoid the pitfalls. And, and, and why we're doing that is because Proofthenic has this, this adaptive alignment uh, capability and technology. As just summarizing here, it, it's a combination of, of the hardware and, and the, um, the analytics in, in the software that allow us uh, to have, especially in measure and move, as we've shown um, this, this technology. Um, 
it's not only for motor pumps as we've shown today yeah uncoupled uncoupled is relative but but we also do it obviously on on, on a, a full range of machines and applications not only the standard motor pump um, and then what we're saying is uh, also is that due to the um, the the, the um, Due to the situation, we're saying every user in every situation should be able to get the same quality, the same measurements, the same results, uh, irrespective of knowledge and experience. This is uh, what we're offering uh, for everybody with the adaptive alignment uh, for proofing. So, um, just to conclude, if you want more information, if you're interested, um, then um, proofing on our website. We have a special section of the website. If you want to go, you can download. You can get more information. Uh, we have some white papers. We have uh, also frequently asked questions uh, content. We, we, we list um, the, the solutions we're offering in this area. Um, and, and that's the way to go if you want more uh, information as well as contacting us. So lastly and not leastly, last and not least, what I'd like to do is just thank my colleague Hans Lenz. He's, he um, was on the videos, as you saw. He's over 20 years of, well, 20, over 25 years experience here in Germany. Hans Lenz, uh, my colleague. And here, uh, just to show in, in these current days, in this, this current situation, we were keeping our, um, our social uh, distance and we were actually tolerancing our social distance, 1.5 meters. So that was it, Leah. That was an alignment joke. That, that's pretty funny, Jonathan. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so folks, keep typing your questions in and I'm, um, You'll note that Jonathan's email is here on screen. You are very welcome to ping Jonathan directly via email I, with questions that you want to ask now and afterwards. Um, and again, if we don't get to your question now, we will follow up with you afterward. All right. So Jonathan, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. First question. Greetings from Senegal in West Africa. In the case that we have different coupling sizes, which one should we use in the machine when doing the setup? Oh, for the diameter? Mm. What the question is? Well, we should use the diameter where the coupling um, where, where the coupling element is. This is what we want to know: is 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 what what angular change is the um, the coupling where where the coupling element? So it's the maximum diameter where the coupling. Um, the, the 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 rubber or or, or the uh, the shims or whatever is the coupling type that that's the actual diameter we want we don't want the maximum hub diameter we want the technically we want the the length of the coupling the diameter where um where the coupling is 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 changing its angular um movement that, that that's the the major diameter of the coupling that we want to use for the calculation of of angularity or we call it gap yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, this is probably a quick question, but if you're doing this outside, uh, is there anything you need to do to compensate for sunlight? No, no. These days, this is very important. You're absolutely right. Now, now with the common um, products from Proofenic, we have a, a digital um, filtration, so we can now measure directly in direct sunlight. Uh, we don't have to shade and, and shield the laser because we digitally are able to to um, to, to, to filter the uh, the sunlight and, and therefore we Good. always receive the, the energy of the laser into the detector. Good. What happens if you encounter unbalancing during the alignment? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, chicken and egg. Um, I mean, you can't you can't rebalance a fan if you don't remove the alignment before you balance a fan. Mm. So in fact, you, you you normally would check for if you have a fan application um, and you don't yeah one times RPM two times RPM. You would normally start with with with, with alignment. You'd remove the the, the alignment of, of of the coupling of of the motor fan, and then you would balance the fan. So so you won't have with with the forces of of the fan. Um, you know we're not we're not spinning at rotational speed. We don't have dynamic forces. So so as long as it's a, a, uh, let's say a static rotation of the measurement, we don't get the um, the, the the imbalance forces uh, bending the shaft uh, to, to to get the alignment position. Mm -hmm. We then realign the motor to the fan to remove the the one two times relating to misalignment, and then the person can rebalance the fan because then he's confident that the one times movement is all imbalanced and there's no influences of misalignment to influence his his um, balance calculations. Excellent. We have a couple of questions here that I'm going to encourage you to respond in more depth via email, Jonathan, about evaluating the, the uh, analytics and such because we're 
almost out of time here. There's another one about um, specific scenarios such as with a steam generator and such. So folks, we will get back to you with uh, more specific answers. And uh, in the meantime, Jonathan, if you could forward to the next slide. Uh, because on August 19th, uh, we're going to be welcoming Mike Smith from the Lifecycle Institute to this webinar show. Mike is a well-respected reliability engineering expert. I think you'll really enjoy his presentation, everyone. He has a great session planned for us on um, building a game plan to proactively manage your assets. And then if you'll go one more slide for me, Jonathan. So this is a, there's a bit of a trick here. After I close the webinar, please stay on for just a moment because we'd love for you to answer the survey. Not only do we want your feedback about today, but in that survey, we'll get your ideas for what else you'd like us to cover. And if you would like a certificate of attendance, there's a question in the survey. Answer yes to that certificate question and we will send you one, all right? And of course, if you enter the survey, we will send you a copy of today's presentation. The full recorded webinar will also be available on Excelix.com in a day or two. And that is it for today. Thank you so much, Jonathan. It was such a pleasure having you on the show today. Yep. As as, uh, as previously, I enjoyed the session and, and uh, I look forward to receiving the questions offline and, and, and res responding and answering them directly with the people of our email. Indeed. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. Have a great day and afternoon and we'll see you next time. Goodbye for now. Thanks, Jonathan. Yo, thanks a lot. Ciao.